0: It's hard to call something unequivocally the best, right? Especially when it's art. Because we all see things from different directions. We all perceive them from different angles. But if you can give me a single... You should see Sean's Air Piano right now. <laughs> That's it is, my
1: favorite part right there. When it's exactly. a thing of
0: beauty. <laughs> it is. So, I mean, like, I don't love children's choirs. And so those particular songs yeah. on the Vince Guaraldi, Charlie Brown Christmas special soundtrack... They're not my favorite, but the rest of it, songs like Skating... Uh, O'Tunnenbaum, mm-hmm. the, the the instrumental version, and this one right here, Linus and Lucy, where no one's paying attention to Charlie Brown. He's just trying to direct the goddamn Christmas play, Would oh, You People Pay Attention? Man. And they keep dancing to this because Schroeder won't quit playing the piano and Snoopy's out there dancing and they're all doing, you know, the kids that are going like this. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, the twins and doing Pi- their thing. And Pigpen has got the coolest dance ever where oh, he's yeah. putting his shoulders oh, up man, and there's a, a little totally dust cloud it. all around him. <laughs> yeah. But Charlie Brown's trying to get people to pay attention. There yeah. is a Christmas play that needs to go on. And then he loses his mind. He's like, can't someone tell me what Christmas is all about? And Linus walks up with, I mean, like, this is like the end of of a Christmas carol level of emotion for me when I think about it. Lights, please. And then he gives a little speech about, you know, the star that flew over Bethlehem and all that stuff. And oh, man. So again, you can't say that anything is the best, but I can't think of a televised Christmas special that I've ever enjoyed more consistently for my entire life than the Charlie Brown Christmas special. So you
1: think, I'm just trying to relate to this. Do Mm. you think... Here we go. Do you think Charlie Brown is more Paul McCartney and Linus is more George Harrison?
0: Linus is clearly George Harrison. Okay. But Charlie Brown doesn't have the confidence of a Paul McCartney. That's true. That's you true. Know? And so, well, he's not Ringo either. He's not. You know, just, no, he's not. He he's not the affable, everyday, whatever kind of guy. There, I think Schroeder is Paul McCartney.
1: Oh yeah. I mean,
0: again, not not a, not it. a main player, but I mean, no, the I like piano it. guy. And I like it. But always sort of a student, the, full of himself. He right? sets the pace. Yeah, I don't know that there's a direct analog for Charlie no, Brown in the think Beatles there is universe. Yeah. But you've off, you've opened up an interesting question. That's all I'm relating to right now because it, of get back. It's like you know, it's hard to get it out of your head. Isn't who are it? the people in my life, and and what? Why do they belong here? And which one are you? Right. And <laughs> I think I'll just quit the band and I'll just get up and <laughs> yeah, walk out Exactly, <clears throat> because these things happen sometimes. See you at the pub, boys. <laughs> uh, my name is Brian Oak. That is Sean Bernard. It's episode 207 of The Brian Oak Show being recorded. See you around the clubs. Yeah. See you around the clubs. Exactly. The 1969 <laughs> yeah, version, British right. version of "By Felicia. Yeah, yeah exactly. Nice. See you around the clubs. Um, <laughs> We are doing the 207th episode of The Brian Oak Show in the Smart Start MN studio. Smart Start MN is Minnesota's original ignition interlock company. That means should you drink and drive, should you get popped, should you lose your license, which you will do if you do the first two things, you need to get back into your vehicle. And you'll do it sooner. You'll do it completely legally. And you'll do it for much less than you'd expect to pay if you go through our friends at Smart Start MN. Yeah, go to SmartStartMN.com slash The Brian Oak Show. That'll give you 20% off the installation
1: of the ign- Ignition interlock system. Damn it! I hate myself. That's,
0: I no, there's up. a lot of words in there. That's oh, okay. A well, lot of words. Ignition, in, uh, what is it? Ignition interlock system. Yeah, I say system. Okay. Well, you're a systems guy. That well, I makes am sense. an analyst, really. Okay. We're into the month of December, and it's 50 degrees outside. Um, I keep waiting for snow. I need cold. I need snow. I love the holiday season. I don't want to start it until after Thanksgiving, but I absolutely... I like Part of it's nostalgia, but part of it's just the cold weather's coming in, and light's all over the place. It's and happening. Really, Next I, week. Next week yeah? is when it happens. Are you yeah. sure? Yeah. yeah. Promise? I feel
1: like fall is ending now, and I'm okay with it. We got a little spoiled this year. Yeah, we did. It's like 100 days until you know, 100 days till spring or something. So.
0: I can, I can handle that. Well, and that's true. And if it starts later, then there's that much less of it to get through. But I just, I love to get into the spirit. And so I wanted to play a Christmas song right here before we talk with today's guest, Lydia Liza. Um, Casey Musgraves, who her star has risen very, very mm-hmm. high in the sky. She has crossed over so much that the Grammys have said, no, your music can't be counted as country music anymore, only as pop music, because she swept the category like the last three years or something, yeah. right? She's absolutely amazing. Well, she's gotten so... So big, she is headlining the XL coming up in January, January 19th. Ooh. It's all in support of her latest release, StarCrossed. I had a chance with my other job to interview her recently. She's really normal. She was really nice. She was very uh. present. She was, you know, for someone who's experienced this sort of explosion in terms of her popularity and her success, she seemed like a really nice, regular, everyday person. Because if you watch her videos and the accompanying film that came out with Starcross, she's kind of heading a little bit in the Lana Del Rey direction with a lot yeah. of weird costumes and bizarre metaphors and imagery. But she seemed like a really totally cool, normal person. And she's got this great record out. I love collecting holiday music called A Very Casey Christmas. It was a companion piece to a television show, a special that she did. But what I like about it is, you know, she came out of the country world, right? So she was already pretty conversant in country styles of music. But she does, I, don't, I think, like four or five originals on this record. But she also does a host of classics. But she does it in a really cool mid-century Western swing style, mm. you know, back like the singing cowboys, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so it's definitely country, but it's done in this old school style. Except this one right here, because not everyone loves the holidays. This one's a tearjerker. It's oh, called great. Christmas Makes Me Cry. Casey Musgraves on The Brian Oak Show.
2: It's all red and gold and I can go- it's along the tree It's all twinkle lights And snowy nights And the kids still believe And I know that they say Have a happy holiday And every year I sincerely try Oh, but Christmas It always cry broken heart still has broken parts just wrapped in pretty paper and it's always sad seeing mom and dad get in a little grayer and they always say have a happy holiday and every year I sincerely
0: Of her, a very Casey Christmas release. That would be Casey Musgraves right there. Christmas makes me cry. I'm Brian. That's Sean. Across from me is a really interesting, intelligent, articulate, and emotionally raw minnesota musician who i always enjoy interacting with would you say that that's fair lydia that was really sweet that's oh, what that was okay well very good i'm glad i wasn't sure if that was like no. a you fucker i wasn't no, sure no that was so
3: kind oh well lydia liza,
0: I'm, I'm a fan I, I i you know i follow you on all the forms of social media i've interacted with you several times over the years i've known you since you were i mean you're still really young but that's because you started when you were so very young yeah lydia liza is our guest today before we get into any of that what you've been up to the ups and downs the changes the time of year we just heard that song and you made reference to the fact that christmas makes you cry is that a good thing yeah,
3: yeah <laughs> i think it? so well sean and i were saying it's a good time to clear out <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know i heard uh there was a really great uh do you go on tiktok i do yeah i was on there and the algorithm brought to me a person talking about if it's coming up it's coming up to come out Oh. And I really dig that. Yeah. And I feel like that's this time of year for a lot of people.
0: Well, I think it's healthy. I mean, like, you know, again, like I was saying at the top of the show, I look back at this time of year with a tremendous amount of nostalgia, right? Yeah. I mean, this really is a magical time for kids, but it, it obviously it precedes Christianity. It precedes the mass commerce, all that. It goes back to this notion that is with us for uncountable generations and millennium where, you know, it's the dark time of year. We have to find a way to celebrate, to find the light, right? You no. Know? But part of that is dumping a bunch of what this last year was. In the last couple of years, I could dump just about all of it. Not everything. There's been some really cool stuff that's happened, yeah. but it is a time to clear out. So it is. It's a time of joy. It's a time of renewal. It's a time of darkness, which is why I think coming together and the whole gift-giving thing, it's about finding a way to slog through it together because nobody can do this on their own. Right? No kidding. Absolutely. Yeah. Where are you from?
3: I am from St. Paul.
0: St. Paul, Minnesota, absolutely. And you burst onto the music scene locally at what, 15, 16?
3: Exactly, yeah.
0: Yeah, Right, and so a lot of people pick up instruments, and they want to do their thing, and they want to get noticed, and maybe they even write decent songs, and maybe they know the right people or whatever, but almost nobody hits it and, and gets the kind of accolades you got right out of the gate when you started. That must have been pretty heady stuff, right? Yeah,
3: it really was. I look back on it now, it was definitely formative, definitely changed my entire life course. But it was also really, really hard and really isolating at that time. And I was insecure. that's not what
0: other 16-year-olds are doing, right? No, exactly. That's Uh exactly
3: what I was going to say is, like, I was already so insecure and my friends were insecure and we're all... Just trying to get through, and then all of a sudden, one of us is getting noticed, and then the rest of us aren't, and it's really complicated. Yeah. It's really complicated. Absolutely. Yeah. I and still people sort don't realize, through it.
1: And people don't realize it's a mixed bag. They yeah. They just think, oh, that must be great. It's like, not necessarily. I mean, some of it's great, Yeah. but the other part of it is, holy shit, I'm dealing with all this other stuff. I don't know that
0: I want all this.
3: Well, and it's very know. adult yes. for how 16 you are, yeah, yeah. you know?
0: I, by mid twenties, I wasn't ready for that level of adulting. No yeah, way, no, no exactly. No. Yeah. So at sixteen, when you have to, and so again, I think Sean brings up a great point. There are definitely bennies, right? It's fun to be noticed. It's yeah. good to get to play your music, and also, I mean, some of those challenges. They do have a silver lining in that when you have to adult that early, you learn some things that a lot of your peers aren't going to learn for quite a few years to come. Yeah, which I mean, you will take value away from that. But the time it's stressful. It's crazy. How many albums have you put out now? Five? Yeah. Wow.
3: Yeah, I did three with Bomba de Luz, my first band. Right. And then I've done two just under Lydia Liza. And there's one I did in my bedroom when I was like 17 or something that I don't really count. But it was a full catalog of songs. <laughs> Wait a minute. So you, you have
0: you have a, an unreleased, complete release waiting in the archive somewhere.
3: From when I was 17. So it's hit or Who miss. Who cares? But- <laughs> I mean, you were making music
0: when you were 15, right?
3: Yeah. I mean, when, yeah. when
0: did you write your very first song? How old were you? I
3: was 14. 14. Yep.
0: And did you know it was good?
3: I don't think I think more than anything it was a creative release. I didn't give a shit if it was good.
0: Right. Mm. Yeah. You just wanted to write it. That's good. Yeah, I
3: just like really needed it.
0: Do you remember what it was called? Um I just I only ask because a lot of times people will look back at their earliest work yeah. uh, with a little bit of reservation, like they're looking at baby pictures and they're like, I'd rather not say. Right. No, I, <laughs> no there
3: there were a few that actually my first songs ended up being Bomba Delu songs. Mm-hmm. Some of the first ones, um, I often would, like, steal through my mom's journal entries and write songs based on the lyrics she didn't know she was writing, you right, know, right. stuff like that. I don't remember my first song. I think it's because I was writing so many so fervently and I could not be stopped. Right. I nearly failed high school because I was, like, not sleeping at all. Just staying up all Just staying all up night. and writing.
0: You and a guitar, a piano, Use what's your preferred way to write?
3: Mania. I mean, uh, I it's me and my guitar. Mm-hmm. I'll start with the guitar stuff and then if I can find a cool melody, that's really exciting. Right. Uh, and then sometimes I'll just hold the melody and then redo the guitar after, or things like that. And mm-hmm. I, it's just a lot of problem solving and following your intuition.
0: Well, I mean, you mean, you are exceptionally frank about mental health issues that you yeah. work through and work with on social media, which I love. And I want to talk about that more just ahead. Yeah. But before we, you know, get delve into something deeper and more personal like that, something else that's probably fairly deep and personal before we get to your first song we're going to hear today. You very recently, uh, in fact, just this past weekend had an event, yeah. a really cool event. Um, and I remember seeing you right on Twitter. Holy shit! No, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Right? I don't know what your your approach towards <laughs> coarse language is. I love um, it. But um, but uh, you wrote, I I didn't know this was going to be a sold out show. I didn't know I was going to have to pee my pants. Yeah, you. Playing solo, Acoustic Lydia Eliza opened up for Tommy Stinson, a sold-out show at the Turf Club. What was it like? It
3: was amazing. Yeah? Yeah, I did. So the weekend before that, I actually had to sing at my grandma's funeral, Mm. and I did a cover of, thank you, she was awesome, Um, I did a cover of Both Sides Now by Joni Mitchell at the funeral. So I had that prepared, and I did it at the Turf Club, and the room was completely silent.
0: Fabulous.
3: And I've never had an experience like mm. that. It was
0: getting a sold out crowd yeah. at the turf club to shut up completely yeah, and listen hard. to the music, that's that's evidence of whatever sorcery you were casting at there.
3: Yeah. It really feels like I got I I never attribute those moments to me. I kind of feel it's a like a thing that rolls in or something well, in the energy. Yes really. And no,
0: but I mean like you can hear an amazing song. Through a shitty transistor radio, or you can hear it through a really good yeah. stereo system, right? I mean, the conduit matters, the the vector mm-hmm. matters, and if you're yeah. the vector, even if you're bringing a really crucial song, your interpretation of it, your delivery of it, is basically what's bringing it to the people. So, yeah. I hate to break it to you, Lydia, it is you. Well, you did this
3: with with assistance, is what I right. What I mean is, I'm I'm lucky to have the body I do that has the voice that it has, right. and I'm lucky to be that person in here. Uh-huh. And the observer of whatever life this is, yeah. <laughs> but when I when something like that happens, it doesn't feel human to me anymore, and that's how that felt. And it's the only way I can categorize it. Not in a oh I'm so humble that you could just roll me over with a tractor. <laughs> it's, I mean more like that's the only way I'm going to survive this thing is if I think of it as an assisted operation, mm, right? Because it is. There's there's a There's an energy to it that is otherworldly in a lot of ways. That is what music is.
0: Your new nickname is the Mighty Thor. All right, That's what it's going to be, all right? I love it. Wielding Mighty Mjolnir. Um, I know that you've got more music on the way. In fact, I know that you recently made a decision, an important decision, that music's the only way forward at this point. So we'll talk about that just ahead. But first, I don't like to go too long without hearing a song. Yeah. Tell me about this one right here, Blooming Again.
3: Yeah, so um, I wrote this song. My friend... Big cats, uh, Spencer, he is my best friend. Um, He's a producer. He's a really amazing producer. And he does a lot of stuff for movies and shit like that. He's just really talented. And Mm -hmm. he'll send me beats sometimes. And I heard this one and I immediately just needed to write about where I was at at that time. And I was realizing who I was in comparison to a lot of the abusive relationships I've been in. And just realizing that you your reality is validated, that it was that bad, that it was not your fault, like those things. So I always imagine that moment like a spring, like Mm -hmm. you're blooming again, you're back into like your soil and you're, you know, so I just went for it. And then we had our friend Nelson come and rip some sax and clarinet and flute. And it was just really fun to make.
0: Well, the thing I like about it the most, having not ever heard that song before, is it's got these cool, trip-hop-oriented, down-tempo elements, a little bit of light jazz in there, but it's not ever dull. There was a lot happening through that entire song. Have you intentionally made your music more complex as you've grown and you've continued to express yourself?
3: I suppose. I guess. I think that's just from practice, really.
0: Yeah. You know? I mean, just yeah. being able to do more things so you do more things. Totally, yeah. yeah.
3: And having an ear now, you know, having taste that you develop over years, <laughs> right, and then right. you're like, yeah. And then you know who aligns with what you're trying to do, too, and you can say, will you rip the saxophone with some pedals on this, and then they can... It's just amazing working together and creating sounds you couldn't have thought of on you, your own.
1: You know what I loved about it? Yeah. Is that you, you see the title... And you think it's going to be this really upbeat number. (laughs) And it reminded me of, remember in kindergarten where you were required to plant a seed into the little styrofoam cup? Absolutely. And every day you'd come in and you were so fucking excited for your little plant to grow. That's what it reminded me of that slow process of blooming again.
4: Oh my God. And that's what was
1: cool about it too. That is gorgeous. That that idea of that. And you were like,
0: please let my plant grow. Because you didn't want to be one of those kids where you just.
1: Nope, nothing today. (laughs) Really, really cool.
0: Love that song. Oh boy, that was great. Well, considering the many struggles that you do, you again have been very frank about. It's wonderful to hear you sort of taking such a positive tack uh, when it comes to your music. You know, I mean, well, it's crucial, right? It's it's the only way we're going to stay alive and stay sane. Yeah,
3: exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that and that's where I was at. I I was thinking, you know, I've just had. So much I've had to... I mean, someone put my life on expert mode in some ways. Like, (laughs) truly, I really believe that there are Um, some things that I wish I would have had more support through or things like that, and I mostly just want to be frank about that stuff so that other people know that, because I could have used someone like me, you know? I could have used some of the things I've learned and now say out loud at the times that I could have used them, and... I was at a loss as to like how to move forward and how to be sane and safe and healthy. And I realized that I've had it the whole time.
0: So uh, to me, I mean, obviously there's so, so much further to go when it comes to issues of mental health and mental illness and how we treat them and how we watch out for them and the support networks and they are in place. That being said, I think we're probably in a better, in terms of the discussion, right? In terms of the back and forth, the dialogue on such formerly taboo subjects, we're in a better place now than we were 10 years ago, yeah?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, w- when
0: did you first realize that, oh, I'm not just a moody teenager, I actually have depression?
3: You know, it's been on and off my whole life, mm-hmm. which I think is what played into a recent bipolar di- diagnosis, Right, because I'd always be like, well, I'm really depressed now. And then in those moments, you're like, well, fuck, I'm absolutely screwed for and you feel that way for two, three weeks. Right. Mm-hmm. Then you come out of it and you're like, oh, what was I talking about? Right. You know, and it's so it, it's so sinister
4: mm-hmm.
3: how it gets in your head and what it makes you feel and what it convinces you of. So reality is no longer reality. And it's not it's not objective anymore anymore.
0: And so when we entered into I mean that was one of my big fears, like I get sad a lot, but I'd never been diagnosed with depression. I feel like there's yeah. a difference between sadness and depression. Yeah. Um I'm a crier. Drop of a hat. Could cry I but love. I, that. But, but I always sort of wake up and I never like do that thing where I'm staring at the wall for eight hours or you know for what my, my limited understanding of depression and its wide variances is that whole spectrum. Um But I worry a lot about people I know that were diagnosed with depression and show clear evidence of it during lockdown. I'm like, there's so much time spent alone. And if the only thing you hear is the echo chamber and the narrative inside your own head, you can spiral. Right. I mean, you can you can vanish.
3: Yeah. I had an amazing therapist throughout the pandemic and we worked really hard on. So depression in a lot of ways is it's a chemical imbalance, but it's also the way your brain adapted to deal with a bunch of shit Mm -hmm. and you can slowly practice not going all the way there right away, Mm -hmm. you know? So what we were practicing was getting curious about when it would happen, how it would happen, what would trigger it, what it may be about, what I was feeling, things like that. And what we kept finding was I was a, I was gone in those depressive moments. I, it was not I had no control, which is how, you know, you really are struggling with a mental illness because I can be talking to you guys completely sane, rational, hilarious. and then
0: go, Charismatic, <laughs> charming. And then and really, humble. I
3: can just be like absolutely totally humble and, <laughs> and then
0: go home
3: and then not know that I have two days. And then all of a sudden I'm going to not want to reach out to anyone again and things like that. And that's really scary. And it Mm -hmm. needs to be talked about. And that needs to be like something we all consider. And I will do everything on my part always forever to be accountable about that and be doing the things I need to do in order to manage and mitigate and all of that. But we all need to be talking about it within that, too. You know, there's the personal responsibility and then there's the community. We all need to we need to rely on each other and know what's going on. And if someone I mean, the only times I've really been able to heal in my life are when somebody else says something that I needed to hear in a way I couldn't come up with myself. And so that is kind of why I have never given a shit about saying any shit. Right. Because someone's got to talk.
0: Yes. Yeah. Well, and you just said something great, too, is occasionally, no matter how clever we might be, you know, and I know that we all in this room especially imagine ourselves rather clever. Rather clever. Uh, Exactly. Quite tricky. Keep an eye out for those three. Uh, But I mean, no no matter how intelligent or intuitive or self-aware that we may feel that we are, it's easy to drift away from the doc yeah. if you're not there. And so when you talk about having that other voice, of uh, you need to hear someone else say something for anyone who's never done therapy but runs themselves through the ringer all the time, feels constant anxiety, feels like they don't want to get out of bed for five days, two weeks, whatever, in a row. Getting a therapist and finding someone to talk to. There are affordable resources available. Yeah. Talking. And again, you might not find the perfect person right away. When I went to therapy, the first two therapists I had hated. First guy. Yeah literally everything i said he would like think about it chew on his finger and be like and how does that make you feel oh, for and i was like sake. are we, are we yeah. in a bad after school television special right now but then I found a guy and I went to see him for a couple years and he was brilliant it's good I mean you know we have friends we can talk to right but you need to have at least I needed to have a little safe haven where you can go and literally tear the lid off and some weeks you don't have much to dump out of the bucket and other weeks the bucket is so overflowing you can't get it all into the office right Right. yeah a therapist I think therapy is Many people have found the fruits of doing it, but for a lot of people who've never experienced it, there's a lot to be gained there. It's and there's
3: in- a lot of trust that goes into it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You yeah. have to
0: find the right person. The,
1: the, the big key right now... Uh, is it's really hard to get in with a the therapist right now. Right. Yeah. There is a huge backlog right now. And so you, what you need to do, because I just called one yesterday, yeah. is get on the list. So exactly. I've got some situational depression going on that I'll be honest with about. Yeah. I'll also say this out loud. My father is missing right now. Wow. Uh, and he had a very complicated, awful relationship with his whole family. But he's missing right now, and I'm like, why should I care about this? But it sunk me into situational depression. Yeah. And I was like, I gotta fucking get back to therapy like right now. Yeah. And it's been well, not quite two days and haven't heard a word from the therapist yet. I
5: know. Like how
1: about just a fucking response of I'm too busy, you know, hey, hope hope it works out. But just what I'll say to anybody who's in a desperate situation now is keep calling other places and keep trying to connect don't use yeah. the don't use the thing of well they're blowing me off keep calling and keep trying to reach out and find a place that will help you because it's easy to want to give up Right, uh, because of the lack of availability of therapists right now, I well, just wanted to get also, that off my chest. There's so. a
3: yeah, yeah. I, there's also for anybody, including yourself, if you need. Um, Ramsey County Urgent Care yeah. has a walk-in mental health clinic, and you're you will see a psychiatrist. I
1: didn't know that. That's yeah, good. that's good.
3: So you will be seen. You'll be they'll say whether or not you need a 72 hour hold or oh, whatever yeah, right, you know yeah, right, yep. <laughs> and if not i mean you'll you'll see somebody
0: you bring up a very interesting point right there because i mean it's so you know, you start to become more aware, you work with the therapist, you get on meds if need be, whatever the case may yeah. be, and you start to dial it in as you get older and have more experience with it and you become, I mean, there are ever increasing ways as an individual who's aging and going through the process, there are always more ways to deal with it, but it's never really over, is it? No. Yeah. No. Yeah.
3: Oh God. Or if anything, it transforms right. and becomes even d- more different than you yep. could have ever expected.
0: Oh, it's cagey. You're telling me it doesn't stay the same. No. It can manifest in new forms, really come from does. new directions. And I mean, so you've got to get ever smarter all the time. You've got to be like Bruce Lee if you yeah. want to protect your psyche.
3: I mean, in a lot of ways, medication is really, really a first line defense mm-hmm. against these sort of, I mean, it, you can just lose touch yeah. entirely. And that, that's the part that scares me about mental health the most. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand why we would stigmatize something like that for so long when it is such a threat. It's... But so, it's, well, it's so common. Yeah. I
0: mean, it, it, again, I'm not saying that bipolar disorder is everyday common, t- right. two out of every five people. But I mean, it, mental difficulties, whether we're talking about base level anxiety or genuine bona fide uh, mental illness that can be diagnosed, it's wildly common. Exactly. It's all over the place. And so it doesn't make any sense that we kind of, again, I think it's changing slowly, Absolutely. but for a long time, completely kept to the shadows. Yeah, yeah. I know. We don't it's, talk about the crazy people.
3: No, we Buck don't. Buck up.
0: Pull your yourself up by your bootstraps, Lydia.
3: Yeah. Yeah, no, I was shit.
0: Which again I was
3: putting in my paperwork to claim disability Uh from how I'm I'm learning about these cycles that I they've been there the whole time. I just didn't have anyone it wasn't obvious enough to anyone. It wasn't obvious because I have bipolar too. So that is hypomania and worst case scenario I usually I was telling Brian outside, I'll paint for four days. Yeah, That's worst case scenario for me in a lot of ways. So people weren't like worried. They're not like, oh, you didn't spend all of your money. You didn't, you know, have these classic mania symptoms. And um, through that now, looking back on my life, I just realized I've never been able really to hold a job. I've never been able to be consistent or finish that. I mean, I've had struggles my entire adult life. So when I was filling out my paperwork yesterday, I had this realization where I was like, shit, I am filling out paperwork to claim money because I'm feeling that disjointed and Mm -hmm. that and that is serious. And so often we can gaslight ourselves into not thinking, but I feel like I would have gotten Zelda Fitzgerald sometimes if it would have been Mm. 20, 30, 40 years ago. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? I do. And I feel so lucky and grateful that I can be who I am now openly on podcast, honest, and not be committed today. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no. no, but I mean, like back yeah, in the you know day, I mean? yeah. you know, they would that's they would put yeah. you in a room somewhere. No yeah. shit.
0: And I don't think that's that's clearly not what the situation calls for. right? Yeah. It calls for understanding. It calls for communication. Could call for some pharmaceuticals, but yeah. there there are better ways now. So we are in a better place now. But I think exactly. we would all agree that we still we still have a long way to go. And
3: that was totally my point. Just we have we have come so far, right? And so many of us are treated humanely now when we wouldn't have been. And Mm -hmm.
1: don't stop your meds on your own ever, please. Please. Talk to to a doctor. Please. That's one of the biggest issues is people go, I don't like the way these meds are making me feel. Or they're like, you know what? I feel better. I don't really need to take these anymore. There's
0: there's a reason that you feel better. Yeah,
3: I might have... Been the mess, might have have, have been the (laughs) mess. All
0: right, before we get into another song from our guest, Lady Eliza, I do need to mention that Sean Bernard, in addition to being producer, co-owner, is also a sponsor on this fine program. uh, And you are a realtor by trade. I know that's your side hustle. This is where the real money is. My heart
1: is here. Yeah, I know that. And you know, I like helping people buy and sell houses. Exactly. So you
0: work for Edina Realty, the 50th in France location. I do, and a lot of people don't want to throw moving on top of their holiday to-do list, but yeah. it doesn't mean it's not a good time to start thinking about
1: it. No, and people are still looking. I've, I have uh, people that are going to look at places and that sort of thing. They may wait till after the holidays now uh, with closing and everything to be able to do that, but there's still houses out there. There is you know, certainly still a shortage of listings out there, which mm-hmm. is kind of weird, but um, I don't know. I think some people are just kind of hanging out and waiting to see what they want to do. Uh, If you know of anybody who's looking to buy or sell, or even if it's you, Uh 612-859-2594. And I'm going to donate uh, next year, the same I did this year. Uh, Every buy or sell goes, uh, a portion of that sale goes to a local band or musician. Of the buyer or seller's choice, right? Yeah, they get to choose unless I've had a couple people say, I don't know. And then I'll give them a list because there's plenty of musicians I know that will gladly take. The money Absolutely, yeah. and I'll be like that was two pills for Lydia eliza well you just? <laughs>
4: <laughs> just <laughs> uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> she laughed so hard she lost her headphones. That lost was gonna... <laughs> headphones.
0: Exactly. All right. Well, we're going to talk more about the life you're living and what you were, uh, what we're looking forward to in 2022. But before we do that, I would like to hear about this particular track because I know the original, but I do not know the Lydia Eliza version.
3: Yeah. Well. I love Elliot Smith, oh my gosh, uh saddest man,
0: oh man. when we talk about mental health, I mean that guy he he wrote the most beautiful music mm-hmm. about the most heartbreaking subjects you've ever heard in your life. That dichotomy it, i I marvel at his talent, yeah,
3: I have been looking to more people what have you what have you done with how did you do it? You know, the Sylvia Plaths, the, oh, yeah. you know, all of this. And I, being in recovery from alcohol, I love this song because it is one of the greatest descriptions of addiction ever. And I said to myself, well, I am just as sad as Elliot Smith. I'm going to cover him.
5: Tinkerbell. day
0: So, Lydia, when you talk about the trauma that you have experienced in life,
4: <clears throat> yeah. uh,
0: the the depression or mental health challenges that you faced and continue to face, when you decide to tackle a heavy song like an Elliott Smith tune and you play it live, does it require, I mean, you know, obviously the way that it, I, I think an artist communicates most effectively is by being honest, right? Letting it all hang out. But... To dive that deep into something that emotional every single time you break it out, it's got to be taxing. I mean, how do you approach the really personal and the the really emotional stuff when it's time for you to bring it to an audience?
3: Yeah. You know, I think that kind of intersects with my decision to stop working. Right. And do this full-time
0: well and for people who don't know recently you just said take this job and shove it and you have committed yourself you're literally jumping into the deep end of the pool and you're only going to do your music full-time yeah that's amazing yeah terrifying good for, terrifying. Good for us too.
3: terrified but but also <laughs> we'll see also though i mean
0: you know you you've obviously you've know, got enough of a base you're well established you know enough people you clearly have the talent to go ahead and do that but it's still terrifying yeah
3: yeah yeah i i think what's happened is through getting older, thank God for getting older. Amen. <laughs> I, Amen. I can separate skill and and practice and all of these and come to a performance of something less emotionally because I am calculated now in a way I couldn't have been before. Right. And I can sort of say, well, how do I want to sing this bar? So I can really emphasize that or things like that. The, the only... These are only things that are possible through presence and awareness and being here and really like looking at what a song needs. So when I perform songs, it depends. I love to get taken away if I can, Mm -hmm. because then I feel like I'm drifting into a different world and channeling something totally different. But with songs like this, you do have to be careful. And I try not to go too far. Well, like that, that
0: I guess that's why I asked, yeah, like, have you yeah. ever over the course of your career found yourself getting swept away and suddenly it's yeah. like when you're in the ocean and you didn't expect that wave to grab you quite that Undertale. hard and suddenly so. the undertows pulled you out a little further than you thought and you get a little panicky. Have you had that situation where you're playing live and suddenly this song is way too fucking real,
3: man? Yeah. Yeah. I suppose I have. Yeah? I've had moments where, you know, cause you have to have the memorization piece. You've got all these little things that are working together for the Mm -hmm. mechanics of a performance. And there are times where you'll start, your loop will start. And that happened at the Tommy Stinson show. Mm. I was telling my mom right after. She was like, that was so fucking cool. (laughs) And I was like, you have no idea what I was going through. And up there, because you're trying to hold on to your hats and get the performance done, but then you're halfway through a song and you just hear you little shit.
4: (laughs) You think you're good at this? You fucking little shit. You know, like
3: just that. And then you're thrown off base. It's rarely ever the content of the song for me. It's more of the panic of the moment. Like, I'm really an idiot. I got up in front of a sold-out crowd and decided I was going to do this, so you know? when
0: you have the angel on one shoulder and the devil on the other, <laughs> yeah. the devil's a little too loud sometimes? Sometimes. Right? And just, it I might mean, have your mom's voice. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> it does. Sometimes it
4: does. You can't help it.
0: Well, in any event, you were able to quell that voice because literally everybody I saw talking about that particular performance said that you were flawless, that you were amazing, that you were so at the kind. peak of your considerable powers. So
3: That's amazing. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Pretty cool.
0: What does the not too distant future look like for you? Do you have other gigs on the horizon? Are you planning on writing music? What would you like twenty twenty two, the year of Lydia Eliza, to look like?
3: Yeah. Uh, so far, it's been unreserved writing. Mm-hmm. Just really diving into some of the subject matter and that I've always wanted to write about, but wasn't old enough. Really, I think or wasn't capable of having the perspective that I needed in order to write about things. The
1: experiences sometimes. So
3: often. Yeah. I feel, especially with victim mode, it's et cetera, things like that, where you can't see a situation clearly because of where you're coming from. A lot of that stuff, it's good to look at things from all these different perspectives, but you got to find the one that works for the song. And I think the person I was just wasn't able to get at the songs. I just didn't have that. I couldn't in the way that I knew I could deeper down, if that makes any sense.
0: Oh, I think it does. I mean, you you need to approach it from the right direction. Yeah. And if you don't choose the right voice of the whole spectrum of voices to tell the story, then it lacks the thing that you're trying to get yeah, at.
3: Yeah, exactly. Like the Jackson Brown, Joni Mitchell, plainly put it as it is and still have it be magic sort of right. thing. So I've been working on just saying what I've experienced pretty clearly but making it universal at the same time.
0: When it comes to your songs, are you always autobiographical? I mean, do you ever just completely fictionalize a story and write a story or explore something that might be adjacent, but it's not you, or is it always autobiographical?
3: Yeah, I think it's pretty autobiographical. I do like to play around and try other things. I love prompts. Mm. I have books that are songwriting yeah. ideas, things mm-hmm. like that, but I think I do it for me, yeah, and I think that is how I have to do it forever. It's not really—I mean, it's amazing if people want to come to the shows, but it's not a choice for me. You know, I have to expel all of
0: this. Well, and you also have to be there; otherwise, there's not going to be much of a show. Well, no <laughs> shit, <laughs> it's, no shit. It's like a prerequisite. <laughs> Have you come to a place
1: of um, appreciation and acceptance for the good and the bad and almost gratitude for everything and just kind of saying, this is who I am, you know, this is who I am, I'm, you know.
3: Yeah, you know, I think as much as I can be right now, I am, I, it's taken a long time for me to figure out exactly what was going on Mm -hmm. and now that I feel really looked after, yeah and really, like I have I have my diagnosis, and so now mm-hmm. I can go forth.
1: You can manage, you that. know, and yeah. I'm just
3: like, well, fuck it. all right, yeah. cool. I can't do anything but laugh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah,
1: and that's when people yeah. get better is when they kind of go, okay. I accept this. Yeah, I'm going to live with this. I'm going to manage it and allow it to be part of who I am.
3: Exactly. You know? And I've just been blaming everything on mm-hmm. uh, being a f- in a physical body. Yeah. That's <laughs> literally, I've just been stupid, trying to separate myself. physical body. <laughs> Seriously. It, it, it is helpful when you're like, I didn't say that. Something something went off in my brain just (laughs) somehow that i don't know who's doing that the
0: transponders listen they're not always reliable these human brains and human bodies i know i agree wholeheartedly. oh well see i mean you bring up this great point about getting more comfortable understanding more developing more and earlier you said thank god for getting older that actually is one of the only blessings about hitting my age mr uh, sean bernard over here recently turned 50 i'm Mm -hmm. 53 the best thing about getting older is becoming ever more comfortable in your own skin. Yeah. It, it's really nice. I sleep well. I don't get worked up about a lot of things. I you know, clearly I could use some work, but I've gotten to a much, much better place as I've gotten older. Yeah. So you're like, well yeah, but what's the point? Now you're fifty three, it's over for you, grandpa. But <laughs> no. it's still, but you know what? But I mean having your head about you and having your head feel okay and not being in a constant state of self doubt or panic, or anxiety, or worry, or anger, or any of that stuff. It's just, yeah, it's going to be okay. You know what? Some nights, go home. Put on your programs. Pull your Afghan up over your lap, and go ahead and fall asleep in the chair at mm-hmm. six p.m. It's okay. Yes. Yeah. It's a good the house. <laughs> were you at
4: my house? Yeah. <laughs> Wait. Well, that was were weird. you peering into <laughs> that my window? Was really,
1: really close to what happened. Yesterday. Hell
0: yeah! <laughs> but I'm, I'm just saying that there's a level of acceptance for that as you get older. Yeah. That's one of my favorite things about getting older is feeling more and more comfortable in my own skin every single day.
3: That's exactly it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I I am lucky. In a million ways, but I'm lucky to have the brain I have and to be the person I am at my age, and I'm just really excited that it keeps getting Solidified.
0: Right. You know? Yeah, and it's going to keep getting more solidified, which Mm -hmm. is great, but also you're still very young, so go ahead and make some stupid mistakes.
3: Oh, thank
4: God.
0: (laughs) We'll be here. We'll be here. Before we wrap up with Lydia (laughs) and Liza, we do have to mention Forgotten Star Brewing in Fridley. They have a bunch of great events there. First of all, we've talked so many times about their facility, a cool World War II manufacturing plant that has been transformed, those two huge, iconic stacks that stick off the top of the building. Right by the railroad track, they make good beer. They got an indoor, outdoor area. They are doggo friendly. But they've got a string of regular events. Like apparently every Thursday they do trivia down there. You can check that out. They've got live bands in all the time. They have tomorrow night, Friday night, the Forgotten All Stars Comedy Show. They're gonna have comedy there. They have a holiday makers market coming up. They have something called the Poliday event. Paw. You know, I love it. So you can bring the doggos there. But then they got cool things, too, like these crafting fairs that you go out and do the crafting. They also, apparently, curling. Curling is their jam. At Part Wolf, they got bocce ball. Out at Forgotten Star, they got curling. Is that and-
3: what the horses?
0: No, that's with the little, the, the big, what do they call it? The big stone that you slide on the yeah. ice. Oh, very good. And then, you br- and then the people What's brush What's got
3: the horses? Horses? Curling?
0: No. No, that's a bobsled. Like, no that's dogs
3: with i think bobsleds. i'm thinking about sparring
0: bobsleds are just on rails there's no dogs in front of a bobsled oh not bobsled i meant dog dog sled? dog sled like the iditarod yeah that's dog sled obviously
3: with bob cats
0: yeah and then now, you, see, that you... sounds cool i know right there I know. the grand hunt you're an that inventor sounds cool. yeah the... <laughs> exactly forward thinker forward what thinker what happened to all
4: those cats
1: well they
0: fought each other and it didn't go very well but no. lydia had an idea
4: I had an idea. So we did it. (laughs) Let me ask you a
0: question. In the, what, I mean, so you've been doing this now for, I'm not trying to let anybody age you, but 10, 11 years, something like that? Yeah. Yeah, okay. During that time, did you ever have some sort of wild harebrained scheme, like, I'm going to do an opera about dog sleds with bobcats or i mean just anything like i mean did you ever like get this idea and you started to plink around with it and you thought about it for a while and you're like that's dumb we're not doing that
3: well i've had many bad ideas <laughs> and good ideas yeah. i mean both and i think every idea is like worth a little exploring just peeking a just little let, mm-hmm. it,
1: let it- you know, just simmer. Let it kind of come. let it percolate. Exactly. Let it percolate a little yeah. bit. Let's i not really know right away.
3: Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> I, I I really think it's there's. It's always trying to tell you something mm-hmm. about something else. Mm-hmm. Um, with me, I recently, I think it was last summer, I actually like put in a huge grant application for a fifty thousand dollar grant so I could do a one woman show. Yeah, cool. And it, nothing ever happened, and I didn't even write it. But <laughs> I'm. It was like. A brilliant idea I had for at least three weeks. Yeah. Put that one in
1: the filing cabinet. It's though. in the filing be, that'd cabinet. Be kinda, Keep it on cool the back burner. could yeah, be cool. Exactly. Exactly. I was thinking I'd
3: do like paintings and a show and also a theater piece. Absolutely. Just go do whatever I wanted for a whole thing. Two hours
0: let's talk about that part of your artistic output briefly here um you in addition to creating an amazing body of work five albums in now you're also a painter yeah. uh you do the visual medium was that always there as well did that even come before the music yeah
3: that was earlier i grew up in an artist loft with my dad and mom and my dad is an oil painter okay. like incredible and i'm not just saying that because he's my dad like he's a brilliant thinker and has amazing imagery and great like symbol symbolic ideas and mm. symbolism in general. he's just really amazing and a really amazing person too. Um, and so I grew up just watching him paint and I would just sit there and take it in and over the pandemic, I've always been an illustrator at least but over the pandemic, I had a moment where I was like I had a, a like a flashback of remembering my dad painting. And I remembered exactly how he was doing it. And I remembered his technique. So I went out and I bought canvas and Mm. paints and paintbrushes. And I just started oil painting because I just remembered watching my dad do it. So I already had that entry-level knowledge just from memory. And I've been taking oil painting more seriously as of recently. But uh, mostly I'm an illustrator.
0: So do you... Obviously you want to, you said you quit your day job. Good for you. I'm actually very proud of you. Thank you. It's spooky, but it's exciting, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so you're going to do your music. Do you, to add another revenue stream, I mean, do you, you do paintings or illustrations for other people?
3: Yeah, I have been. I do portraits. Okay. Yeah. I'll do whatever people want. I don't care. It, I rise to the occasion. Of
0: course you do, as you've continued (laughs) to do throughout your career and your young adulthood. Where do people find out what the hell Lydia lies is up to? What is ground zero for either finding out about your painting or illustrating or listening to your music or maybe, weird though it may seem in this modern day and age, actually buying your music? Right. Mm -hmm. Uh,
3: Right now, every sort of social media channel has been channeled into my Twitter. My Instagram was deleted over the summer for my vigilante work the summer before.
0: You mean like crime-fighting vigilante? Quite. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me.
3: Yeah. Uh, Just when, I don't even know exactly how to say, I haven't come up with an elevator pitch about what happened, but uh, when I was in high school, basically over last summer, a bunch of women started coming out trickling with these stories of assaults Mm. and A bunch of them I had gone to high school with, and Mm. I started getting really mad. Mm. And then the music scene started to spill out too. And I sort of forgate, like I I forgoed my platform. I said, forget me, I don't care. I have this many followers though, and I can really center this. Mm -hmm. And so I started posting anonymous stories of people naming names. Um, It was thousands of people were sending in information and the whole thing we were really talking about was go to therapy (laughs) or like you know like really we're all human beings and we all cause harm and we all need to be accountable and care for each other and you know and that ended up getting my instagram deleted really yeah but that's It was probably because you weren't
0: advocating anything violent. No, 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 no. But you were naming names. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I got to admit, I kind of forgot just how bad that got when it all started to erupt. Yeah. You, You don't like to think of something as wholesome and contained and as insular as the Minnesota music scene as having so many vipers and predators in there. Right. There's some bad people out there.
4: Yeah, They're there really are. And,
0: and and so I love, again, like we've talked about before, baby steps, right? It doesn't take away the trauma. It doesn't take away the damage. It doesn't take away the threat. Totally. But, but we we have to continue to elevate that particular voice. We have to continue to create a place where people can come forward and say, this is a bad person. This is a bad thing that happened. Yeah. We have got, and we can't keep putting people in those positions.
3: No kidding. That was my whole thing. And it. it I hope that that is what came across. And I think about it all the time. Um, I don't believe in the disposability of people. Agreed. I don't mm. think that is real. And I think everybody deserves healing. And that is where I was coming from. Um, yeah. So circling back to your original question, mm-hmm. if I just started using Twitter only right. for a while, right. just got an Instagram again and have been posting more on those. Um, but that's usually where I post all of the info about me. But there's com. Okay. Yeah. Spotify. Things like that. And
0: I know it sucks, especially like if you've built up a good account and you have a good body of work and you have a healthy number of followers. I lost a Twitter account that was really juicy at one point and I can never get back into it again.
3: Right. Um,
0: But better to lose that account for doing the right thing than doing the wrong Mm
3: -hmm. thing. That's how it felt. Yeah. Yeah. I I was kind of like, well, at least they were listening. Uh You (laughs) know, at at least people got mad because that means something's happening.
1: Right, And you're on Bandcamp too, right? Yeah. 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 So that's the best way for exactly. people because that's where you, the margins are the best. I mean, yeah. as much as we have to use Spotify for this show, I always try to send people to the place where the artists can make the most yeah. money. So please, if you're listening, go to Bandcamp and, yeah. and purchase there. And they even do the... The Fridays once a month where you get a hundred percent of the proceeds. So. I just
0: I shared a, a brilliant tweet mm. day before yesterday that's because right now it's the end of the year, so Spotify is giving everyone their Wrapped playlist. Yes, of the thing you played most in the previous year, yeah. the artists and the songs, and somebody wrote everybody who is sharing their rap playlist, their Spotify rap playlist is hereby legally obligated to spend $20 on Bandcamp Friday. And I right. retweeted it. I'm like, this right fucking here, you know, because pay, yeah. pay for music, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, some some people, it's what they're doing for a living now. And yeah. so, and again, we're not talking about, I doubt very much that by buying her album on Bandcamp, you're going to be setting her up with a private jet and a mansion somewhere in the Bahamas. However, that'd be pretty great. It would it? be pretty great. Yeah, no, but, yeah. but again, artists are not living on mass of margin so buy the music it's fine to stream it driving around whatever but if you can if you have an artist you love maybe you don't even like their latest record but they got a kick-ass t-shirt on their website mm-hmm. whatever the case may be yeah. buy the merch buy the music go see the shows now that we can see the shows again are you looking forward to playing more next year provided everything yeah. moves in the right direction yeah
3: yeah the tommy stinson show really felt like being at home again
0: So I know that you said you were very nervous to begin with, and during several songs, you heard that little voice inside your head. At the end, though, and I don't think there's anything wrong with admitting it, at the end, though, did you kind of know you kicked ass?
3: I guess. Yeah. yeah, I got off and I was just like, that was definitely better than it could have been. <laughs> okay, well, hey, wherever you <laughs> want to <laughs> put just, in the bar yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm in a certain of you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's better than it could
3: have been. You know, that
0: could have been a lot worse, Sean. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, always good to see Lydia Liza, because that could have been a lot worse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that could have been a lot worse. That was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. Well, um, <laughs> we look forward to having you back again. I look forward to seeing what you write over the course of the winter. Yeah. Um, you said that Christmas makes you cry. Before I let you go, the one last question. Do you enjoy this time of year at all?
3: Yeah, I do. I'm a little freak for it. I'm going to watch all the movies. My sister and I are going to decorate our house. I'm going to freak out. I'm going to have a great time. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, I'm exactly (laughs) the same way. And, you know, I did used to love once the tree was up and everyone else had gone to bed in the house and I would have a little... um, uh, what's it called Pennsylvania Dutch back oh, when I was yeah. still drinking yep. which is surprisingly strong by the way if you like the eggnog and but you don't like it tasting like booze be careful beware Pennsylvania Dutch because that <laughs> is a headache inducer but now just a regular glass of nog the lights on a very quiet music on the hi-fi and just sit there with the cat and uh, reminisce and think that and just heavenly uh, but in, like enjoy the moment right I mean it's almost yeah. like a like a zen studio or something right I mean you're just like Ah, you can smell the pine tree. Quiet tinkling of music in the background. The cat purring. Oh, you got a very man. Jackson Christmas. Yes. I, I, it's going to be a very Jackson Christmas <laughs> in my house. No question about that. That's his cat's name, by the way. Yeah. I love that. I love that. <laughs> um, Lydia, thank you very much.
3: Thank you for having me. Great to see Thanks you. Thanks for asking such awesome questions and <laughs> being who you guys are.
0: Well, that, 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 likewise. You. Thank you for being who you are because good conversation yeah. is what this podcast is about. Yeah. Plus, we get to punctuate it with killer music. Before we do go and hear one more song from Lydia we are going to thank once again the good people at Forgotten Star we are going to thank Sean Bernard thank you Sean Bernard thank you you. great to see you Lydia
3: great to see you
0: smart start MN we want to thank them we want to thank our good friends over at Mm AudioQuip if you need audio equipment AudioQuip Nate and his crew are ready to get you hooked up over the holiday season yep and they're coming uh, to our Patreon
1: event this Saturday don't forget if you haven't RSVP'd yet to show up to our Patreon event at Hook and Ladder it'll be uh, Annie and the Bang Bang you just got to show your Vax card. So
0: yep. swing by and got to be vaxed to get in. But other yep. than that, anybody who is a Patreon supporter or has ever been a guest on this show, Lydia Liza, uh, you are more than welcome to come and attend mm-hmm. our show. And again, these are not freebies. We insist on paying the artists, we insist on paying the venue. They're a nonprofit over there. And, you know, that's our way of saying thank you with Patreon dollars. And also, yeah. we're going to bring a bunch of. Um, their tote bags in case anybody who's due one has not picked up their tote bag we'll have a bunch of them in tow if you will Uh, that is going to do it Lydia happy holidays to you and happy happy 2022 to you as well which is just around the corner we are going to call it though but first if you wouldn't mind I would like you to tell me all about this final song
3: yeah wouldn't know Uh, it's about just uh, following wherever it's going and being okay with it (laughs)